0: What is good? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host Brett McGrath. I'm ready to roll. I'm feeling good. Off to a good start this week. Hopefully you are too. You're getting excited. You're doing something fun. Not being a part of the status quo. Changing the game. Experimenting. Doing all the things that modern day marketers do. Putting your audience first. Creating good experiences. Man. I've been meeting some amazing marketers along the way, and I can't wait to share those episodes out. Make sure you're listening to Modern Day Marketer on Friday. If you're not, what are you doing? I have my notepad out. I'm learning from these marketers. It is free advice, free consultation. It's really good stuff. Enjoying those, and we are going to continue to drop every Friday. So tune in and tell a damn marketing friend you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer too, would you? Got Jonathan back on the podcast we are talking momentum. This is a topic that is near and dear to our hearts at The Juice. We like to talk momentum. So we're changing in, moving into a new quarter. We've got a lot going on. So give you a little peek behind the curtain about how we're thinking about maintaining and building more momentum at The Juice. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Let's kick into the conversation. What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. Excited to have Jonathan back on the program we're going to be talking about a topic that is a, a theme definitely of the show. It is something we've talked about a lot. I think it is something we think about in the business. And I just felt like it was a good time to have a discussion around it. We've been talking internally about it, but it is momentum. I have kind of a crazy nugget to kick us off. But before I kick us off with that nugget, Jonathan, how's it going? We just closed up a quarter.
1: Feeling good. How, how, how are the vibes over there? Vibes are good. Uh, I love talking momentum. I love the little uh, preview you gave or teaser you gave for yours. I'm excited to hear what that's all about. But I think I've said it before on the podcast. We're both big sports fans. I always refer to momentum as Uncle Mo. Get them on your side and keep them on your side.
0: I, I like that. So the nugget, the preview, I won't let you hang for too long. So this is dropping on August 8th. It is a Monday when this is dropping. And I... Before this episode, I was like, we have talked about momentum a lot. So I, I was trying to figure out, I did a quick search in our uh, podcast hosting platform, just typed in the word momentum. And the last conversation that we had surrounding the topic of momentum was August 9th, 2021. So it's been a full calendar year, almost to the day. And we were talking about, maybe it'd be fun to do a little flashback. So the last time we were talking about it, the title of the episode, which go back to the archives, check it out, always available, um, was how to treat launch day and keep the momentum alive was the title of it. So obviously we were talking about, I think, the launch of our new product that we put into the hemisphere and it's flash forward a year from now, we are talking about momentum again. So obviously it never stops, but maybe like think back to a year ago. And where we were, what we were doing, and we were talking about momentum then. So, like, maybe what was on your mind during that time about where we needed to push our momentum? Uh, maybe we start there, and then we can dive into it.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll start there, and I I might be stealing some punchlines or jumping ahead of the conversation, Brett. But I, it's very similar to where we're at now. Uh, about a year ago, we had just launched our beta product. We we're preparing for a public launch uh, kind of a ga launch with an event i believe we hadn't had that yet so it was like you know I, i've been through several product launches a couple business launches even now and it's like you know so often that you know everything for the history of the business leads up to that moment when you launch and it feels like a finish line but really it's like a whole new starting line right and so it's, it's you know celebrating that moment in time but building off of it and keeping it rolling and and building it into momentum and not just letting it be a flash in the pan. So a year ago, we had just launched product. We were feeling really good. And it's like, okay, now it's real. Now we got to start executing with real product as opposed to just selling a vision, right? This year, this time, and Brett, this is—I'm probably jumping ahead on the conversation a bit—but we're coming off our best quarter ever, both on user acquisition as well as revenue, and so it's—it it's, was incredible. Uh, it felt like—I I think you even commented in our team Slack—like really felt like really the first like true like end of quarter we've had, at least for those of us that have operated in the B two B SaaS world before. A lot of the uh, nervousness, excitement, energy, buzz—that comes with the end of quarter. It truly felt like that for us this quarter, and that was fun. Uh, I think we all enjoyed that, and uh, we finished really strong. And then everybody, got, everything goes back to zero, right? Uh, donut day is what I call it. Uh, in the old world, when everybody used to be in the office, I remember for my team of sales, dev, and marketers at a previous career stop, that, that was always I'd bring in donuts on the first day of the quarter because everything goes back to donuts. It's all zeros. Uh, So you get to, you know, enjoy it, celebrate for a day or two, and then uh, back to the grind. And it's just about turning that success into momentum and not just letting it be a single moment in time. I need a donut right now. I used to be able, there was a time, and this
0: is kind of an inside joke where I could walk from my house and end up at a donut shop, but. That's not possible anymore for uh, so many reasons, but we won't get into that today. So we're going to get into that of what you previewed and what we talked about best quarter ever. And I want to talk about what we're how we're thinking about kind of maintaining momentum on the other side of that. But one thing I do want to call out, and maybe this is just like talk about what I think about a lot, but I was looking back in the notes of that last episode and it said, you know, one of the things we were pushing for was to create a hero and stop bad, outdated marketing. And that was like, you know, what we put in the show notes and probably part of the conversation. I didn't list, listen to it back, but I was thinking about that in like a year's time frame. It's like, okay, yeah, we certainly like have identified um, the hero in the story and that's the modern day marketer. We actually transformed the name of the show into a modern day marketer. But I think about like a year's time with like beating that drum and trying to message to that, creating a show, infusing it in everything we do. And it certainly feels like it's picked up some traction, but like from from my expectations and where I want to go with it, there's just still so much work to do and still so many people to understand what we're talking about from our messaging positioning perspective. And it just, I guess it was just a reminder to me that it's just like, man, this is like... You can't continue to change course and pivot off if something doesn't appear to be working in the moment, but it's just like, it's a slow build. Like you just got to be patient. You got, if you have conviction around something, you just got to keep hitting it. So that was one like moment of reflection I had just in thinking about who we're communicating for and who we're communicating to.
1: Yeah. Maybe, I mean, related to that, but in the same vein, I'll say, I was talking to somebody, I forget what it was even about or who it was with earlier this week, but we're talking about something in our product and we're just like, it's not working. And like, that's okay. Like we should be doing things that aren't working at this stage. Like we should be experimenting. We should be trying things. And like, you know, some of it should be driven by data. Some of it should be driven by our expertise and our own gut instinct, but like for only like think of things, doing things that we know will work. That's not what we should be doing at this stage. So you're right. Like we've made a lot of progress, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And a lot of that work at this stage and, and entrepreneurship is just experimenting and doing more of what is working and less of what's not working. No doubt.
0: And I'm going to like, I'm going to tee up like, how do we keep momentum? And I'm going to throw out some like scenarios that I feel, and I'm sure you feel at some level. And like, I want that to be a bulk of the conversation, but before we get there, I was thinking about just like the year from last episode of momentum to now. And I just think about like, you touched on some of this, but I think about um, feature releases, messaging and positioning updates, team expansion, best quarter ever, and maybe going back to the the donut uh, day analogy. And part of our core values is like, we want to celebrate wins, but it's, it, it, it can be a little bit of a challenge, especially when you've got these new goals and we've got a lot of ambition and we want to push things forward. But like we, we've obviously like we we talked about it. We, you don't want to like spend all day and like lose sight of where you're going. But I don't know. What's your mindset regarding like celebrating a big quarter like that? And just like the communication, I guess, to to the team, letting them know that, you know, this was awesome but we still got a lot of work to do. Like how, what goes on in your head as you kind of take one of those core values and try to kind of showcase it internally as we move into the next quarter?
1: It's difficult. Uh, I will acknowledge, I probably haven't done a good, good enough job of, using that core value um acting on that core value of celebrating a win it is a it's a difficult i can tell you my C, it's something i talk to other ceos about it's a difficult needle to thread a little bit of celebrating versus understanding like there's opportunity for us to be better and do better as well as then there's a few other i'd say macro trends that <laughs> make it difficult one like it's harder to celebrate when the the team is distributed right if we're all sitting in the office together it's like you know, let's order some food or order some drinks or go do something fun or, um, you know, sit back and relax and just shoot the shit a little bit. But when everyone's distributed, it's, that's a little bit more difficult. We're also we're fundraising, so we're we're watching runway closely and and we don't want to uh, spend too much um, right now. But like I said, those are just excuses. I probably haven't done a good enough job of celebrating the win that was our Q three, and um, yeah, I, I think there's still opportunity to do. A better job, but um, I, I think it's really making the team and the people responsible for that. You know, I think celebrate publicly, criticize privately is something you hear a lot when providing feedback. And so, um, I think just the more you can call those people out, I send a weekly update to partners in our business, and uh, one of those partners at High Alpha is an HR leader, and she actually Complimented me, and here I am patting myself on the back uh, publicly now on it. But, um, you know, I always try to like give shout outs to the people responsible, and I always try to use words, the pronouns like we and us, as opposed to I or me. I don't know. It's just a minor thing, but I've been in businesses where uh, the leader likes to take credit for everything. That, that doesn't feel good. Right. So I think it is just like even little things about giving credit to the people most responsible and, and knowing that it is extremely cross-functional and it's, it's all one big team.
0: I love the core value of celebrating wins. I think it's good to recognize, but I think too, it comes down to like individuals and personality type and like recognition and what people need and what they don't like. My, my mindset was, it was okay. On to the next day, like who like move forward because I'm viewing opportunity ahead and overwhelming myself by the amount of things that we can, we can do. But has is, is there been just anything early stage company, distributed workforce, solid team, everyone owning their responsibility? Like, you know, where our goals are, where we got to go work it, like understanding that not everyone in the team, on the team, probably everyone's personality type is different. Although we collaborate and work together. Like, how do you, how do you, I'm sure it's a challenge as you're trying to figure it out, but like, just communication across the team and then communication one-to-one individually, like, is that something that you've been thinking a lot about working on, like, just in your, you know, 18 months since I've been there, like, what sorts of evolutions have you had on that
1: front? Yeah, I think it is. I mentioned it a little bit, or briefly a little bit ago about like, you know, always, always celebrate or promote People very publicly in the work they're doing, and if you have constructive criticism, I think like that's the time for a one-on-one conversation, right? And I've erred on that a little bit. Even earlier this week, I accidentally did that, or I made somebody feel like I did that, and that wasn't the intent. So, like, I think you just take some like stop and thinking about like not only the goal you want to get across, but the and the delivery of it and how the receiver of that will feel, which is very basic. But I think when you're moving very fast, it's really easy to just be like. I'm going to get this out there. And like, we're all going to react to it without thinking how somebody else might interpret that message. So uh, work in progress for sure. I'd say, you know, other little things that we as a team do is, uh, especially in a distributed workforce, this is something that very early on in COVID, even when I was at a previous company, we did, but like always starting meetings with everyone with personal check-in, which sounds like very basic. I think sometimes people do icebreakers, maybe, you know, that sort of thing. But like, just personally, like, how are you? And like, if you're not okay, like that's fine. Or if you got, you know, crap going on that isn't fun, like that's, that's share it with the team. Like if you want. Um, But uh we always try to start with personal check-in. I think that just like kind of lightens the mood a little bit and kind of level sets it with everyone with like, you know, these at the end of the day, like, we're not saving lives here. like. But what does matter is that we're all happy and healthy and and able to have that psychological safety. So I think that's one thing. And then the other thing, I I pulled out a book, going to give Shane Snow a shout out here, Dream Teams. That book talks a lot about the lesson I always took away from that is that teams that play together are higher performing than teams that don't. And by play, uh, he just means stepping out of the professional kind of space and, you know, going and doing something that's not connected to work, whether that's, you know, team building activities or um, happy hours or going to bowl together or things like that. Those teams are typically higher performing than teams that don't do those things. So, um, you know, quarterly team meetings, how can we do something afterwards? How can we volunteer together? How can we have an impact on the community together? That's something that I try to infuse as best as I can. So going back to the momentum topic, so I'm going to throw
0: some scenarios out at, at yeah. you. One of them is like maybe real, real time. And it's, I, I want to know, how do you think about keeping momentum when we as a team are trying to figure out how to operate kind of in a new state with, I don't know, there was a period of time at the juice where we were very much uh, working, I would say more in a silo like working through our functions. Now it feels like over the last couple of quarters more more today than ever before. It feels like all of our roles are interconnected and we're trying to figure out like the best way to communicate. How do we get in front of these things? How do we ask people for things? Like, so we want to keep momentum. There's a we're trying to figure out how we work in this new state. Like how how are you thinking about like maintaining momentum while we're like organizing internally?
1: Yeah, for me personally, I will say two things. One, it's very clearly communicating goals and why things matter. Those are kind of the same thing, um, at least in my eyes. Uh, So communicating that very clearly to the team, repeating that very clearly to the team, making sure we're all aligned on the same goals clearly and regularly. I think that's one. And then honestly, for me, the second one is just getting out of the way, right? I think when, as you were referencing, when we were a smaller team, it was like one person owned marketing, one person owned sales, one person owned member growth, and it's, it was like very easy for me to jump in and like connect the dots or or you know support those more. Now, uh, I need to do a better job of making sure all those people, all those teams, now have the resources they need. And then my job is to set them up for success and then help them remove any blockers they have to achieving those goals that we clearly communicated. So, you know, less in the day-to-day and more in the setting up goals and then removing things that stand in the way of those goals. And that's honestly, that's what to me, uh, very selfishly, that's been what's, what's been so cool about last quarter and the momentum we have is I was involved less in the day-to-day than I think I ever have been in the juice and like that's been so cool to watch the team thrive and grow without me being truly in the business as much because I've been doing fundraising and recruiting and HR stuff. So it's just been, that's that been the most rewarding piece of the momentum we've built in the last quarter. Have you, have you thought about that? Like, do you, do you think that's just the nature
0: of the business growing older and us being more comfortable in our roles? Like what's your read on that situation?
1: I think I've hired the right people. I mean, we've hired the right people. Uh, We've got a really talented team and I think, you know, hire smart people and get out of the way, Uh, make sure they have the resources they need, support them where there are blockers, but let them do what they are the best in the world at. And we've got some people that are just incredible. Uh, So I think when things break down, it's because I haven't set the goal clearly enough or communicated clearly enough why something matters, or uh, something, you know, outside of our control is in the way. And that's where I want to jump in and see what we can do to work around that, work through that, or how we can remove that.
0: So with momentum, inevitably in our our state, there is a lot of uncertainty. And I think, you know, there could be uncertainty around, are we going to hit our number? There could be certainty around adding new people or people transitioning. There could be uncertainty around fundraising. Like we live in a world of uncertainty 24-7, how do we combat that uncertainty while also keeping the momentum rolling in the business?
1: Um, I can tell you for for me, it is just uh, probably a combination of optimism and brute force, uh, which I'm not sure if that's healthy always, but I am generally an optimistic person. And I think, you know, you can use the macro environment as an excuse for what's going on. I think it's like the external Lotus of control or internal focus of control. And, uh, you know, I I think people who are more impacted by the I think external. You know, this didn't happen because that that or that versus it didn't happen because I didn't do this or that. Uh, I think those people are much more successful. So f- for me, I think it is keeping the energy, keeping the optimism, believing in the vision. Like just having, I have a ton of conviction in where we're going. And then just, you know, putting your head down and doing the work. It's something you've talked about. I know you've written about, but like at the end of the day, you just got to execute, right? Right. And that's the other cool thing about the momentum is like, we did that in spite of what you're reading about budgets changing, shrinking, et cetera. Let let those constraints cause you to get creative. We've leaned into paid trials to drive urgency or to get people across the line. And then we've proven we're really good at converting on those paid trials. So uh, it's been really cool. And I think like just focusing on control the controllables um, and just focusing on the team and what you can control. uh, And then just having a dose of optimism, I think will carry you a long way. I got a comment
0: on this one because you like hit on one of my favorite topics. And that is the doing of the work uh, nature of this. And I don't know, you said it and it's to me, I think one of the most important things that we can be doing uh, at this stage is just like getting our fucking hands (laughs) in it and making it happen because you learn that way and it's executing it's executing and it's like experimenting trying because we don't know what we don't know and so i think just what the nature of it is whether it's your business or uh you know another business your our business or another business you're working in like you don't really know what's going to work and what's not going to, if you don't like put your head down, communicate internally and try new things. So I just had to like put an exclamation point in that because I, that is, I have a lot of conviction around that point.
1: Well, and that's what I love about this stage is that every conversation, every meeting, every decision you make, every, you know, passing, like there's consequence to everything. Like there is no just like dying on the vine or there's no like, you know, we're going to do that just because we need to check that box. Like if what you're working on doesn't have a tangible impact on the business, like you shouldn't be working on it at this stage. And that's what I like so much about this stage every, every little thing you do has a impact you can point to uh, in the business, which I think is uh, the fun part. Well, let's
0: talk, you mentioned it a little bit, but I want to hear keeping momentum with maybe customers, keeping momentum to win new customers. You mentioned trials, but we've seen traction, which is good. I think it's really hard, especially at this stage, to, to maintain
1: that. How are you thinking about it? I'll give two quick points here. A, we've gotten really good at quanti- defining our success metrics and then quantifying those and sharing those with prospects and customers. So I think uh, that's the best way, especially when budgets are freezing, shrinking, changing, etc. is proving ROI. Uh, that's going to work. And then two, I think the other thing we're doing is, you know, we're now setting ourselves up better to compete to a degree uh, with, you know, old school, traditional marketing spend, maybe in syndication or other marketing platforms that are probably bloated in pricing because we're good at quantifying our value. You know, we can come in and provide similar results to more expensive softwares. And that's good for marketers right now who they don't have budget to spend on something new, but they, if they can, they are really eager to replace software that is too expensive right now because their budgets are shrinking and changing. So we've got this like, you know, small nimble team and product and and that's an advantage in this uh, environment. I think is that, uh, you know, we we don't need to have a bloated contract price just to support a business that is perhaps a little bit bloated. We can, we can come in and be aggressive and nimble with opportunities and pricing. And uh, then we can quantify the results and the return and it's positive ROI on the back end. Uh, We're making a lot of customers really happy right now.
0: So, I think there's a little something a little bit nebulous about like this point of view that I'll share on like winning new customers at this stage. And maybe it's because I'm like in my role and what I'm responsible for on a regular basis. I feel like building like the brand, um, saying things that other people can connect with, like building relationships with your market collaborating with your market, doing that consistently, um, being mindful of like being like very audience focused. I feel like those things help support it, th- Those things will always help support growth, but like, especially at our stage, like being really aggressive at thinking about those things will help inevitably make a strong connection. And your connection tells a friend and your friend goes and checks out your product in, you don't even like, you can't like build attribution models around it. It's just like, just do good work, treat people well, create value and content. I know you're a guy who like really likes to dig into like quantifying things, tracking. And I think we're doing some of that. Um, Obviously, like I think about the work we do now and then I rewind the tape back to like exact target Salesforce days in the track. Like it's it's like night and day in terms of like, Tracking and attribution. How do you think about that just based on like some of the work we're doing in marketing, some of the work we're doing on the growth side, some of the work we're doing in sales, some of the work we're doing in CS? Like, how much of it is just like, just like create good experiences? And the more we do that, the more we're going to grow at this stage.
1: It's a combination. I do love to track things. I love a spreadsheet. I love a scorecard. Uh, They make my heart happy. Uh, And to the best of our ability, I think. I like to track everything. That said, there are things that you can't track. And I think if you're tracking the right things, that sets up trust that uh, you have some leeway to kind of work outside of those things, right? So a great example of this is a lot of the work you do, Brett. You know, we track things like content pipeline, opportunities created from some of those collaborations, Um, but that's never like the end-all be-all goal for what you're doing. We just trust what you're doing will pay off eventually. Uh, it'll build a community. It'll add members to the platform. You know, when the time's right, some of the people you're working with will become customers. Great example of this. End of quarter, last quarter, we were, you know, doing some last outreach for the quarter and just kind of crossing some T's and dotting some I's. Somebody you had collaborated with on this podcast, uh, we just connect checked in with. We weren't even, it wasn't even like a sales conversation. And She came to us and asked if she could use the juice to promote an upcoming launch. We said sure. And in three days, uh, they were a customer on the platform. Like that is, you know, that is the inherent trust that comes with building those relationships. I think trust is obviously critical to purchasing decisions. And so uh, there's got to be trust internally that we're all working towards the same vision. And uh, for your work specifically, I think you're out in market, market building a lot of trust with our brand. So it's been really cool to see. And I, I think like when that, those things start to repeat themselves, which they have several times over now, it builds in that equity to let you continue to do it.
0: I'm go- I don't know if this is appropriate or not, but I'm going to call it out because we can promote something that they're doing. And I think you should all check it out. So Hiba, shout out. Uh, Hibba works at TestBox. If you are a listener of Modern Day Marketer, um, their CEO was on the show, Sam. I love what they're doing. I think it is aligned with kind of how we're thinking about experience from the content perspective. They're thinking about it from the product perspective. They have a wait list. You should go check it out. We're going to put it in the show notes. Not in that not an ad. they're not yeah not an ad. Read. Uh, i actually also too they're getting a lot of love because and if you are a subscriber to the blend they get called out too but i i just i'm i'm a fan of their brand and what they're doing and glad they are a part of the juice family um but yeah i'm, I'm glad it's it's the long game it's just continuing to nurture those relationships and as a recovering demand gen marketer, it's very hard for me, but I think I see the light when we get wins like that, um, which is great. So maybe we close it out with this one. Inevitably, I think there's always going to be setbacks, but then there's always like, okay, well there's setbacks, but we want to keep this momentum rolling. So how do you, do you think about like roadblocks or conflicts or setbacks That might interfere with where we're going do you like think about that now or do you just wait until those things happen and deal with it like what's your mindset on just like avoiding conflict or combating conflict as we're trying to uh grow and maintain the momentum
1: are you down for a cheesy metaphor (laughs) always (laughs) so i've heard this uh story i don't know this anecdote but uh you know the world's best downhill skiers they're skiing through forest over tree or over knobs and hills and down a mountain through cliffs uh and they are not thinking how do i when they're going through the through a tree line trail, right? They're not thinking, how do I avoid that tree or how do I avoid that tree? They're skiing to the opening. They're skiing to where they want to go, right? Not where they don't want to go. And so again, maybe it's the, the way I'm wired as an optimist, but I'm more thinking, I, I think it'll be more impactful for me to think about the good things. What can we do that will have the most incremental impact the biggest way, the quickest way, as quickly as possible? Um, I'm trying to think on the big vision, the big opportunities, the big swings we can take and focus my energy and effort there, as opposed to the things that could go wrong. But then I think that's where I can jump in. When things do inevitably go wrong, it's like, okay, well, how do we remove that? Uh, That's what I want to spend my time doing, setting the vision and then removing things that get in the way between us, our team and our vision. We are
0: thinking a lot about momentum and continuing to build it internally and externally Jonathan, I'm, we're not going to we're we're not going to talk about momentum on the podcast again. And then I'm just going to look down, and it's going to be 2023 in August, and we're going to be talking about it. And all these other things have happened, which is kind of I don't know. It's exciting, but it'll probably be here before we both know it.
1: It'll be an annual tradition now. August is Momentum Month.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: <laughs> all right, man. Well, thanks a lot, and take care. Thanks, Brett.
0: How are you thinking about momentum at your business and your role? How is it going to push your brand forward? What types of things are you doing? I would love to hear from you, but we should all be in the momentum-building business as modern-day marketers. You have a great week. Tune in on Friday. Make sure you make it happen, and we'll talk again real soon.